0: Hey everyone, and welcome to Chef AJ Live. I'm your host, Chef AJ, and this is where I introduce you to amazing people like you who are doing great things in the world that I think you should know about. Well, back by popular demand, we have Kristen Hong. She wrote this amazing best-selling book that was also an editor's pick called Fridge Love. It's a great book just for the information it gives you on how to organize, but it also has amazing recipes. And she's going to be making for fruit sweetened granola which is going to be great for gifts the holidays are coming up and speaking of holidays i am getting ready for dios de la morte or whatever it's called because uh i don't know i just just thought this was kind of fun to wear and i got it for 12 dollars. so what the heck please welcome kristen back to the show it's so nice to see you again Hi, Chef AJ.
1: I'm so excited to see you again in your Dia de los Muertos outfit that I'm so happy that I got to be the guest when you're wearing that because it's so much fun.
0: You know, everybody's dressing up for Halloween in my neighborhood and they have all these, I live in a, like a community that's not a senior community anymore. And they're, they're having like a parade and stuff. And it's like, you know, I, I I usually am Scooby-Doo, but like in a parade, (laughs) It's really, I don't know how dogs do it with those big tails. So I figured this is is a lot easier to walk in this. And this is kind of fun and it's it's warm. It's nice and warm.
1: You know, I'm all about warm clothes. You can see I'm wearing something warm today because even though I've been living in Northern California for 13 years, I was born and raised in Miami, Florida, and I'm still cold on days like this. Thank
0: you. Thank you. Because i lived in Southern California for over 60 years. And I find it extremely cold up here today. It was 38 degrees and I'm wearing, I forget what it's called, but it's the thing that goes over your face and all you see, actually all you see is your eyes. And my husband said, I don't, I don't like to be seen with you like that. You look like a criminal, but I don't know how else to keep warm because even with clothes, my little fingers get cold. I, I, people say you're going to get used to it, but it's, it's been almost two years and it's still cold up here. Well, I don't want to
1: scare you, but the fact that I've been here 13 years and still haven't gotten used to it. I just think that some of us are acclimated to certain climates, especially if we spend a lot of time there and we just have to deal. That's how I see it.
0: I think, you know, people say, oh, it's because you're so thin. I was, I used to be, you know, 80, 90 pounds heavier. I was always cold. I, I was always, always cold. And, you know, I just I don't know how people like the cold how they do winter sports like skiing and even in the desert it would be like 122 and I'm like it feels pretty good today you know (laughs) (laughs) I just like it and people complain in Sacramento oh my god it's so hot and it's like 90 and I'm like really not for me, but I think people are different that way. That The most important thing isn't whether you love hot or cold, is that if you live with someone or like a, a loved one, that they're similar. And thank goodness that, I mean, I can't imagine like if Charles was always hot, like we'd be fighting all the time. But luckily, whatever my body type is, his is. So if I'm cold, he's cold. If I'm warm, he's warm. It works out perfect.
1: Okay, you're so lucky. I was just having the same conversation with my best friend and her husband. And my husband and I, and she and her husband are opposites. So it's like window wars. He'll open the window, I'll close the window, you know, so it's always the opposite. And so you're very lucky. I'm glad that you've got your man who's in the
0: same temperature. <laughs> I know. I remember once I used to go to True North quite a bit. And in True North, you you get a private room if you want in a private bathroom, but it's part of like a suite. So there's other people kind of like in your apartment. And I remember one year, there was a friend of mine, Kathy, and it's like, same thing close and open every time she <laughs> could she and then we did that that was all we did the whole time open and close the window so you have a beautiful display behind you or or I don't know what you call it <laughs> that looks like I'm almost going into a spice shop
1: yeah you know this I do um pantry carts also because my kitchen's right over there but it's a small galley kitchen and it's really difficult for shooting so I kind of use this as my shooting area and I have it's so funny because in my living room I have another pantry cart and then I have a cart in the kitchen and then I have this cart. so we're like living amongst all these pantry carts but now that I do some work for brands for you know photography I did some work for Caraway so you'll see their stuff on the bottom um but I just love having everything out so it can be inspiring you know, especially the spices and the dry goods and stuff like that. So I can kind of walk by and just brainstorm new recipe ideas. So I'm very visual. So that really helps me a lot. Yeah,
0: that that I, I can see that. And do you, do you ever like, like for money, go to people's houses and help them do what you did? You know, I haven't
1: gone to that extent yet. But there have been a lot of people who have asked me on Instagram. Um, That isn't something I do, but I will ask them to send me a picture sometimes and I can give them some, you know, guidance that way if I have the time. Um, So no, I haven't become like the personal going to someone's house organizer. But I do really want to turn Fridge Love into a show where I can go to people's homes and actually help them organize their
0: fridge. Well, hey, maybe I can help you with that. Do mine first. I mean, I I'm I so- love that. Are you we'll, kidding? We'll film it. You know, I, I'm, I'm not as organized as you, but I love the idea of organization. Like my books are in alphabetical order now by author's last name. And it's so funny because we've lived at this house over a year and my husband still has to text me. He can never find anything because he's <laughs> he's so disorganized. And it's like, I you know, I. I, I, I took a, a, some classes and I read some books by Andrew Mellon, who's been on the show. He's like considered the most organized man in America. And he basically has three rules, like with like, everything in its place, a place for everything, everything in its place, and one in, one out. And when you follow that, it's not that hard. But I, I know I could do better because I'm, I'm, I'm that nuts that I would love my spices in alphabetical order like they are in the grocery store, you know? Okay. Well, we need to make that
1: happen. I don't live that far away. So I would love to come over and help you with your fridge. Yeah, that would we, can be so film it. we can
0: make it, a sh- we can do it as a live show or film it. Oh, you know what I want to tell you? So we, we sometimes in in those, those that are in the chat, you can do the guest because I already know the answer. We sometimes play this game. Who does the guest look like? Usually it's a celebrity and, and you, and it was always bothering me that you look like somebody and I couldn't figure it out. But your hair looks a tiny bit darker now. And now I totally know who it is before I tell you. And I know I'm right. And she's very pretty, by the way. Uh, she, she used to have a show on television. Do you have any idea who I'm going to say or who people tell you you might look like? Okay. You told me last time that it was Kat Denning. Yes, that's it. Oh, good. So <laughs> well, I did say that. But now yes? you, you look like Kat Denning. You actually do. <laughs>
1: You know, I will take Kat Denning all day, every day. I think it's
0: a huge compliment and I'm all about it. <laughs> you guys, you remember that. Not see, and I forgot that, but I'm looking up her picture and I'm like, yeah, she really does look like Kat Denning. So you know, yeah, I told my daughter that because she really liked her in WandaVision. And so I was like, guess what?
1: Chef AJ thinks I look like Kat Denning. Oh,
0: so. With a bit darker hair, you look so much like her. But yeah, I wish we'd come back. She's quite funny too. Yes, I love her. I love her so much. Thank you, Chef AJ. Absolutely. So I love making granola and I have your recipe here in the book, which by the way, there'll be a link in both the chat and the show note where to get it. And I notice you're making it in the oven. And I'm wondering, most people ask the other way, if he has a dehydrated recipe, if they can do it in the oven, could I make it in my dehydrator?
1: Oh my gosh, I wish I had a dehydrator so I could answer that. I have no idea if it would work or not because I am such a novice at dehydrators, but if you ever tried it, I would love, love, love to know, because I know a lot of people have dehydrators and that would be a great thing. And I almost, when I was preparing for this segment, I was like, maybe I should try it in the air fryer, like in smaller batches. So that's something. Yeah. That's something I think I might experiment with.
0: That's a really good idea. And then with the air fryer, people could even make like just a small amount.
1: Exactly. And then I was like, well, in that case, if it's a smaller amount, I'd have to see like, how does it store in its wet state or maybe just not mix everything together at the same time. So I need to um, play around with that. But I do think that it could be something that would work in the air fryer.
0: Yeah. What's what I like about dehydrating is because I know it's really dry. It's not going to, you know, go bad.
1: Yes, exactly. Although I will say that this has a really long shelf life, although it doesn't last that long in my house. And when I had to get the shelf life recommendations for the book, I literally had to like put a batch of it in my office somewhere away from the rest of my family so that it wouldn't get pilfered and, and, and taken. So um. it was funny trying to figure out what the, the
0: shelf life was at Room temp. Yeah, what's that? Who was it? Was it Dr. Hans Deal that said the longer the shelf life, the shorter your life in general? But not <laughs> not with your recipes, but I think they mean like with processed, you know.
1: Yes, I think that's a great way of putting it. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah, yeah granola is great. It's such a great uh, travel food too.
1: Oh, yes. And but the crazy part is when I first went Nutritarian, I was like, Oh, maybe granola is a possibility. And when I went to the supermarket, and I would read the ingredients, it was just so shocking. We all think of it as this very healthy food, but it's just filled with, you know, honey, uh, maple syrup and sugar, all different types of variations of sugar, and then a lot of oil. So I was so excited to make a version that my family, who are not nutritarian, do not eat the way I do, but they love this granola, and we don't keep cereal in the house, so this is their version of cereal, because they like to eat it, you know, with almond milk and berries that way as a cereal.
0: Nice. Do you remember Quaker 100% Natural?
1: Was that a cereal brand?
0: Yeah, I I mean, I think they might still have it, because I remember I'm... i uh first seen granola, like around 1970, maybe 1971. And and it was so crunchy in these clusters and they were just so yummy. But like you say, you look at the label, all kinds of sugar, all kinds of oil, all kinds of salt, hydrogenated, this and that. And I think what people like about the granola, it's not just the sweetness, people love crunch.
1: Yes, that's so true. And, and I think the reason why I wanted to do this recipe with you is it's one of my favorite from the book. And I wanted people to see that this is a great recipe to give to, you know, standard American diet eaters as a gift during the holidays. I did it for some friends and family last year. And it was a big hit. And people appreciate it, I think, because sad eaters know that granola is supposed to be healthy, they kind of give it a little bit of leeway that other recipes might not have. And then to actually say, oh, you know, it's sh- it has no sugar, no maple syrup, and it has no oil, and people are really, really shocked. So I think it's one of those shareable, giftable recipes. Um, and I don't know about everyone in the audience, but I'm one of those early Christmas people who likes to get ideas done early for gifts. So I will show some really good ideas at the end of how you can gift this and also gift your book, Chef AJ Unprocessed. I'll show how to wrap that in a tea towel, which is like my oh, new favorite way oh, you're of so- doing gifts.
0: You should have a store.
1: <laughs> you know, this is my version, <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh. That that yeah, I, I love creative things like that. Well, I can't wait to see you make this. All right. This is actually my first recipe demo I've ever done.
1: So Whoa. I'm hoping that it will be okay.
0: <laughs> I'm sure it's gonna be great. And one of your favorite recipes to vote. Okay, so we're gonna start off. You're gonna
1: my husband's in the other room taking meetings, so I'm not gonna be able to actually do the blender or anything like that, but I have all of the all of it already done. Um, so when you're going to make this, you're going to preheat your oven oven to 325, and then you're going to get your blender bowl and you're going to combine all the wet ingredients. So this, I love this recipe for food waste too, because you can get the spottiest, grossest bananas. I haven't seen any state of banana that's been too extreme for this recipe, And so I know a lot of people would make banana bread with like extra spotty um, bananas. You can also do nice cream, but this is a way that I really like to do it in our family. So spotty bananas. And you, I also wanted to say to everyone who's going to make this, that you, if you don't have a blender, you could technically use your food processor. It's just break up the bananas and the dates a little bit more and make sure that you scrape down the sides of your bowl. Um, But otherwise the consistency I find has worked the best with the um, high speed blender. So we've got the bananas and then we're gonna do five medjool dates. So I've got them here and these are already pitted. And again, if you wanted to cut these down a little bit more, you could or if you're using that food processor, then I would definitely say to to cut the medjool dates down. And then, so the other great thing about this granola is you can make it with nuts or you can make it with seeds. So if you're doing the seed recipe, you would use tahini or you could even use sunflower butter if you wanted. Um, I don't have any nut allergies here at our place. So I'm using almond butter and I use raw almond butter, but you can use already roasted. I mean, it ends up cooking anyway, so it doesn't really matter. So you'd add that in. And then I like to get everything out with a little spatula with nut butters. So only one fourth cup nut butter, which I really tried to lower it down as much as I could when I developed the recipe um, to try and make it as you know, it's still a treat recipe, but it one fourth cup I felt like is doable for the batch that you get. Yeah. And then we need cinnamon, which I have here. So it's a teaspoon of cinnamon.
0: Do you know and you can't about, really- do, do you know anything about the different types of cinnamon, the cassia, the Saigon, or do you have a preference or it just doesn't matter?
1: You know, I know Dr. Furman talks a lot about the different types of cinnamon. I haven't gone into, and how did you say it, Ceylon? Is it Saigon or
0: Ceylon or Ceylon? yeah.
1: Yeah, it's whatever that one is, is the one that he recommends, but I haven't really got on that bandwagon. I just use regular cinnamon. Um, So I know that there are more benefits to the other type And I know that when I went to his retreat and had some of the recipes with it, it did have a really nice flavor. So at some point, I think I would go for that. Oh, and then you're going to add in um, vanilla. So this is a vanilla I really love. It's vanilla powder um, Mm -hmm. by Wilderness Poets. And if you don't have vanilla powder, you can do um, vanilla extract or vanilla bean. I have instructions for all the different variations in there. Um, But this one I really like and it's a US based company. So I like that too.
0: I'm with you. Vanilla bean powder is so much better than extract.
1: And the smell, like sometimes I just open the jar and just smell the vanilla powder. (laughs) I love the smell. And we got the vanilla. Okay. So then you would put this on and blend it high speed. And then this is what it turns into so almost looks like a nut butter in the color and consistency and so that is your wet ingredients so now we're going to go on to the dry ingredients and i've already measured out three and a half cups of rolled oats and then chopped walnuts. Now, if you're doing the seed version, you're gonna do sunflower seeds instead. And honestly, both versions taste amazing. And I was really happy to be able to like, have a recipe that addresses, you know, a lot of people have nut allergies. I know on my blog that I get a lot of requests for, you know, substitutions for nuts. So this granola literally tastes just as good with nuts or seeds. So you just mix those together and then don't add in your raisins or dried fruit here. You're going to wait until after it's baked for that. And then we're going to add in the banana um, nut mixture.
0: Yeah, because they're already Mm -hmm. dried. So what's there, there would be no reason to. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And this is also a really good recipe that I made with my kids, especially during the holidays, because, you know, it smells so good in the house. It's very easy for younger kids to do these steps in a supervised way where it's not like flour and powdered sugar and everything going everywhere. So it's a really good recipe to do with your kids or your grandkids. So you're just going to combine the wet and dry ingredients. and just get it nice and evenly coated, all of the oatmeal. Now I wish you guys could smell how good it is. It really, really smells good. All right, it looks like we got it all combined here. So now I'm just gonna grab a baking sheet. And then I like to use um, parchment paper, but if you have a pad, you can use a pad too. And then you're just going to spread it evenly onto your baking sheet. And you know, if there's clumps in the beginning, that's fine, because you're going to end up taking this out about midway through the baking, and kind of, you know, mixing it and breaking up any of those clumps. I kind of like a little bit of clumps in my granola. So yeah, that's
0: the fun part.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I remember as a kid and eating honey bunches of oats. (laughs) And like, I would always try to find the little crunchy bunches in every batch. So I like that. All right, so then you would be ready to pop that in the oven. And I've got one already done. So you're going to pop it in the oven for 30 minutes, no, 25 minutes. And then you're going to, again, take it out, rotate the tray and break up any of the clumps and then bake it for another 20 to 30 minutes. Now, everybody's ovens differ. So I would say um, around the 15 minute mark after you've taken it out and mixed it, kind of monitor it um, because in different ovens, like when I visited my mom, it cooked at a different time on that second batch of cooking. So um, 20 to 30 minutes, depending on your oven. And then around 15 minutes, just take a look and monitor it. You want it to be like a really nice, dark, golden brown. And then wait for it to fully cool. It will, it will firm up and dry up as it cools. And then that's when you would add in your dried fruit. So I'm using yellow raisins, but you can do cranberries if you can find ones that do not have added sugar or oil. Sometimes it's hard to find, or you could use currants. I've used those before, but it is hard with um, cranberries. I've found to get ones that don't have added sugar or oil.
0: That's true. I wonder if I can make them in my dehydrator.
1: Oh, I'm sure you could. You know, I I think I have found one and I'm trying to remember where it was. I want to say sprouts but I'm not sure, Um, that did have one that did not have any oil or added sugar, and I was very surprised. So that's it all incorporated. And then um, just as an initial gift idea, I got this really cute wood topped. This is on Amazon, and links to all of this are in the um, description in the show notes. And so this is a really cute way to gift this to somebody. And then they also have a really good glass food storage container. And um, so that's just a little easy holiday way to gift it. You could also put it
0: in mason jars. That is so cute. Because like you say, if you put it in a tin, I mean, people generally don't reuse tins unless they're giving somebody else a gift, but that's very handy.
1: Yeah, and so if you want to make it where it's something homemade, but also something that they can use and it's functional, that's a really good set. Um, they're on Amazon, and it's a wood top. It looks very giftable. So um, again, all of those all of those items and everything will be in the link w- in the show notes, and I have um, all the the recipes up there, and also um, all the gift ideas that I'm going to show now. You can find a link on my website and it'll give you the complete how to on how to do it if it's hard to see right here. So now I'll show you kind of the way that I've gifted it, the granola in the past. So funny thing is I made sure that my book was going to fit in some of my favorite storage bins because I'm just that crazy person. (laughs) So I made sure with my publisher that it would fit in my two favorite bins because I was anticipating the gifting part. And I really wanted it to be something that you could put with the mason jars. And if you wanted to do a granola in there, it would be a really cute gift. So for this one, kind of for the eco friendly person in your life, you would just fill the jars, like individual jars with the granola. And I think I have my thing here. And I did this last year for a few friends and they really loved it because then it's kind of individually portioned out for them and they can just add in yogurt or berries or, you know, almond milk or whatever they want in. And then it looks really, really, really cute when it's all wrapped up. So, and I have links to, if you like any of these ideas, and you wanna get the same containers and the jar sizes, all of that's listed in the um, link for the gifts. So then this was some of the gifts I gave to friends last year, and then just put a bow on the top, and then it was all filled with granola. So this is a really fun way to gift the granola, but also if you wanna make it a more substantial gift, um, this one is really fun. And then I have another version with a different size mason jar. And then this is a fridge bin. So if you got Fridge Love and wanted to give it to someone, then they would be able to use the jars in the bin to start organizing in their fridge also. And then this is an example of using the tea towel to wrap the cookbook. So um,
0: now I want to wrap your cookbook, AJ, which I love so much. So you actually yeah. said to your publisher, the book has to be this size so that it'll fit in my thing.
1: So when she, when they were giving me the size options, they had sent me like three different books kind of showing me the different sizes. And so when I got my bins that I love the most and I was like, well, I really want it to fit. In my favorite bins, So I said, this is the size I want. And I explained to them why. And she's like, oh, that's such a great idea. I didn't even think of that. And I was like, it it just works all around. So I wanted to be able to have the the book in my favorite fridge bin. So yeah. (laughs) I didn't even know. I never even thought, heard
0: about that. That's very creative.
1: Well, I'm glad that they let me have some input on um, the size of the book. I didn't get to have as much input on the page numbers or how many recipes or anything like that, but it was nice to have that input. That's cool. So I am doing your amazing book on process and I want to show a way that you could gift chef AJ's book. And then I would use two towels. I just bought these at target yesterday and You're just going to undo one of them. And then you're going to place the book inside. And again, I have more pictures on how to do this um, in the link. And then you just kind of do a little fold here and then
0: fold each side in. That is so amazing because, you know, as pretty as gift wrapping is, it's kind of wasteful.
1: I know, and i that's one of the things I really dislike about the holidays is just all of the paper and ribbon and everything that just gets thrown out. So it's a nice way and people appreciate it so much. And again, it's something that you can use. So here it is wrapped in the first layer of wrapping. And then if you want to do something extra, like I like to do like a pot holder for someone or a trivet. And so you can make a little pocket for your cookbook gift. And so you take the second tea towel and then you fold it like so. And then you place your whatever item you want to include, place it first on the wrapped book. And then you would Put it right where the middle would be to create a little pocket. And then you just fold in both sides. And it will all be held together by ribbon.
0: Where do you learn these tips and tricks?
1: I looked this up. Well, I also had to figure it out because there were no instructions on wrapping a book in tea <laughs> So last year, when um, a lot of people were gifting my book um, for the holidays, last holidays, so I wanted to give some ideas for the people who were doing that, because I was just like, wow, they had gotten it, and they liked it so much, they wanted to give it to, you know, their friends, sister-in-law, sister, mom. So um, I wanted to give some cute ideas. So that's with the pocket installed. And then you just get a piece of ribbon. I have some velvet red ribbon, very festive. And then you just tie that where you just made your little pocket. And I love this tea towel because it kind of reminded me of your book, you know, the beautiful green cover of your book. I think it's, it's so creative. So that would be that. And then I also found these at Target when I was there. So if you wanted to add a little spatula too to make it even cuter and get a lot more use for your gift recipient, then you could take one of these really cute and then also put it in that pocket. And you've got a really cute holiday gift wrapped, all of this they can use and enjoy the cookbook, too.
0: Wow, that's amazing. Quite a <laughs> so whole that's, of, uh, unique ways to wrap gifts. You know, there is a whole thing
1: when I went down this rabbit hole last year, I saw that there was a lady called the wrapping lady. Oh, no, sorry, the folding lady. And she wrote a book. And I think she's based in the UK and she did a lot of interesting wrapping things too. So there was definitely, um, you know, a lot of there's a whole
0: rabbit hole of people who fold and wrap. And it's very interesting. I love it. So will there be a sequel to fridge love, maybe freezer love? (laughs) You know, my um, literary agent reached out to me a
1: few months ago. I was like, you know, are you ready to do your next book? And I remember when I was writing my book, I was like, I am never doing this again. It was so difficult. It was during the pandemic and both my kids were remote learning. My youngest was still really young and it was just a hard time. Now that it's been a while, I'm like, okay, possibly. But again, what I really want to do is turn Fridge Love into a show. And you're going to be my first guest,
0: Chef. Yeah, help you because that, that's a fabulous idea. Like a how-to, you know.
1: I really want to be able to go into all different situations, people who are eating all different ways and just help in that way. So hopefully, that will be the next thing. And then then I can start thinking about um, Freeze Love or, you know, something else like that.
0: <laughs> I'm in a class right now, and I'm sure it'll be repeated next year with uh, at UCLA, but it's done virtually with a big time producer. He produced My Big Fat Greek Wedding and the show. It, the show, whole class is about how to get your show a show. You know, how do you? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I'll tell you all about
1: yeah. it. Yeah. Yes, oh, I'd love to know.
0: Yeah. And I mean, the short answer is if you want to get it done, you do it yourself, but then, you know, you need the money, but it's, it's, it's a lot of work, but good luck to you. I'll tell you, I'll tell you how it's going for me in the class. Well, I'll I'll tell
1: you that I already have to do it myself because I tried the yeah. traditional way and just nobody has bitten. And sometimes when it's your idea and you know the value of it and other people can't see that, that you have to just bring it out yourself.
0: Well, i so I'm t- fine doing that. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll see if the class is being repeated it ends in, at the end of the year, but it's you will definitely, definitely learn a lot. So how old are your kids now? OK, so my oldest is 14 and my youngest is 11. Wow. Are they is, are they still of trick or treating age? And what are you going to do for Thanksgiving? Well, what are you going to do for Thanksgiving? But first, what are you going to do for Halloween. So my, I, I trick-or-treated until I was in college. I think I was in
1: my junior year of college when I finally stopped trick-or-treating. So I don't even think my kids have a choice because I love the holidays and I love Halloween. So they're definitely going trick-or-treating this year. My, my oldest is almost my height. I'm six foot one. So he's right near. So I I know that some people get kind of freaked out with teenagers trick-or-treating, Um, But luckily, my neighborhood really goes all out for Halloween. So I've seen a lot of teenagers who trick or treat around here. So I think it'll be okay. But yeah, we we trick or treat late in my family. (laughs) Well, are you guys gonna get dressed up? Oh, yeah. So my son was Jack Sparrow last year, the pirate. And he wanted a costume that was very pricey. So he I told him I'm like, so you're okay being Jack Sparrow for the next four years, right? So he's going to be Jack Sparrow again this year. And then my daughter, um, when she was a baby, she was a hippie, and I dressed as a soldier. So now we were looking at pictures, and she's like, Mom, I want to dress as a soldier, and you dress as a hippie.
0: So that's what we're doing for this Halloween. Wow. And, and yeah, here's the thing. If you're trick or treating, how are you also able to give stuff out? You can't be answering the door and trick or treating yourself.
1: Yeah. You know, it's crazy. I live in a cul-de-sac and the main street of my town is over that way, just one block and all the activity happens there. So when we first moved to this house, I love trick or treating I love seeing the kids come to the door and seeing their costumes. Nobody came. And I realized it's because everybody's over there and it's such a long strip and people do haunted houses and they go all out. So no one really travels back to our cul-de-sac. So I usually will leave a bowl out. It's never ransacked where someone just takes everything because there's so few trick-or-treaters that come this way. So it's kind of nice though, because I actually get to go out trick-or-treating with the kids. So it's been a nice, nice thing.
0: Nice. What well, If you were answering the door, what do you think you'd give out? Would you make something like little little things of granola or? You know, I don't
1: know about that because people are so weary about, you know, kids getting homemade treats. But I loved what you were doing for Halloween with the cu- pack of cards. And you also had, oh, I remember one year I did the slime hands. <gasps> you know, where the sticky, the sticky, and I, I was like, as a mom, those aren't my favorite toys. So I kind of felt bad. But I was like, look, it's a lot better than the candy, right? You know, and it's sometimes nice for kids to get something like that. So like, it was Oriental Trading Company, and you're able to get a lot of them. And I I think I even had more to give out last year, two of those.
0: Man, I would have I would have loved to know about slime hands. That sounds really fun.
1: Yeah, and they're sticky. And like,
0: you kind of stick them on the walls, and then they they bounce back. Kids love them. That's fun. Hey, in case people didn't see you the first time you were on, and I can link to that right below in the show notes with all your other wonderful links, maybe talk a little bit about this book. I'm sure it's still selling. Well, I see it in the stores when I go to look at my book at Barnes and Nobles. Yours is there. Oh my
1: gosh, you do? Oh, that's so cool. Okay. Um, You know, Fridge Love is still going strong. I'm so proud of it. Like I said, I, I wanted to write the book so I would never have to write another cookbook again. So it's just loaded with, you know, again, it's for people of all eating types. So that's why in the recipe sections, you'll have SOS free and nutritarian recipes like the one I demoed today. But then you'll also have some recipes that have salt or oil, small amounts for people who are not yet at that level. And the reason for that was because my um, audience on Instagram, where everybody wanted to know about my fridge content most of them are not nutritarian. And a lot of them are not even plant based eaters. So I really wanted this to be an inclusive book, especially because in my family, we I call us dietarily blended, because my husband and kids don't eat the same way that I do. So we approach everything in a different way, you know, a less judgmental way. And we try to find areas where we can um, all be on the same page. And in my house, because I was eating nutritarian and eating a lot of fruits and vegetables daily, it, it just kind of rubbed off on everyone else. Because even though my kids eat meat and limited animal products, they are eating a ton more vegetables than the average American kid. So we kind of focus things around what we all like. And then with this book, what was so fun was I was able to make recipes that my family would like that had a little bit of maple syrup, or maybe a little bit of salt, but that really won them over um, to a plant based dish. So that's why this book is so easy to give as a gift to someone who is not eating the same way that you are, but maybe curious. Um, And then I give kind of tips on how, when I meal prep for me, what do I do for my husband, like, I'll make the same base. And then he will just add like some grilled chicken or, you know, a piece of salmon to his. So um, we really want to I really wanted to show the reality of my specific situation. And I did a poll on Instagram. And it was like, so many people now are in this situation in their family where they don't eat the same way as the other people in their family. So I really wanted to represent that new demographic in this book. And then, um, so it's a really nice place to start. Also, if you're curious yourself about starting out, and you kind of want to tiptoe in that direction, then the recipes are really great for that too. And then I give a bunch of meal prep recipes. I give simplified recipes. And then I also will give five different fridge goals so that some people just don't want to eat the same thing all week long. And what you can do in that case is you can prep um, vegetables for the week kind of it's I call it the chopped fridge goal, I kind of have it this week where there's just, you know, items that are already ready, already chopped, or like I've got some baked sweet potatoes here that can be incorporated into other meals. So you don't have to do a full meal prep, you can do a chopped fridge. And it makes it so much easier to eat healthy and just get those greens and get those veggies in. create a salad from an in fridge salad bar. And do easy recipes because you look in your fridge, and you see all the possibilities that you have in front of you. And the other big thing Even if you don't get the book, but just a really good takeaway is you do not have to do what your fridge tells you to do. You do not have to keep all of your vegetables in the crisper drawers. The best way to make sure that you're not having food waste and that you're eating your vegetables is to get them eye level in your fridge so that when you open your fridge, it's the first thing that you're seeing. So it's front of fridge, front of mind. And that's just an easy tip that everyone can do. Um, you don't need to hide them away. You know, don't put baby in the corner. They need to be up front so that you're member about them and you're eating them. And again, I want to open those doors and see inspiration to eat healthy and live a vibrant life. So I want to give that to everyone so that if this is your goal, you know, you can go in steps up to a place where you're actually meal prepping. So you don't have to start right away there. You can level up.
0: Uh, I I can't believe what you just opened your fridge. It looked like it was beautiful. Does your freezer look the same way?
1: My freezer right now, well, I have another fridge in the kitchen. When I wrote the book, I ended up having to get two other fridges because I wanted to show the different types. But right now, my freezer, I am getting ready to shoot for a company. They are releasing some new freezer containers in the spring, and they've asked me to kind of test them out, give them feedback and then i will be doing um some photography for them and videos for them when it launches that's incredible did you do the photography for your book so i did all the fridge photography yeah And then the food photography was by um, a food photographer who did specifically food photography, but I did all the fridges. I mean, look at this. This is like the
0: rainbow. I mean, this doesn't even look real. Okay,
1: that one actually got picked up in HGTV magazine last year or earlier this year. So that was a really, that was exciting when they reached out to me and they're like, oh, we would love to feature this in the magazine.
0: Are these the littles? Yeah, that's when they were littler. Oh, my (laughs) God. Can I see your fridge one
1: more time for inspiration? Of course. Well, we're going to be doing this to your fridge, AJ. I mean, it's just so beautiful. And then this is a lot of, I do a lot of the nuts and seeds in here. This was actually leftover chopped walnuts from this recipe. And during the fall, I actually keep a jar of chopped walnuts because I do um, so much with you know, making the granola recipe for the for holiday gifts and stuff like that. So I actually had chopped walnuts. That's when I'm really on the ball with that.
0: Is is the rest of your house this organized every single room? Yeah. No, I, <laughs> I'm definitely
1: selective, um, where I put my efforts. Uh, like I told someone, like my bathroom's not always clean, as clean as it could be, but my fridge is clean. So I, I, I kind of focus, but then I'm like, you know, I'm interacting with my fridge so much. And now that I, you know, recipe develop, and this is my career now, it's a, it's at a whole other level. And now, you know, now I do crazy stuff. Like I did a Barbie fridge for the Barbie movie, (laughs) which I just did because I wanted to do something really fun and artistic. Uh, And then, you know, on the side, I've got I've gotten to work with a lot of great brands who who want creative fridge photography and styling. So it kind of became
0: something that I didn't even know would happen. I mean, yeah, I mean, you should have a show. This is such a unique concept. And you're really in a class by yourself. I will tell you what one room I'm organized in is my closet. All my clothes are colors. So like when I see, because I don't know what I want to wear necessarily. And so, yes, of course, there's tops with tops and, you know, skorts with skorts and pants with pants, but it's like the rainbow. And that's it. That makes just makes it easier for me to just to see what color I want to wear that day. And then so people that walk in my closet, they've never seen it. And I mean, I don't know where I got the idea, but it just makes it easier for me to pick an outfit out when it goes by color. Oh, I'm the same way in my closet
1: too. I have everything done by color and I do have like dresses on the other side, but all the tops.
0: Yeah, definitely, I mean, yeah, in. same thing so because dresses easier. are often multicolored, but like all my tops and all my pants, it's just, it goes by color. And then I just figure what, what color do I feel like wearing today?
1: I, I love it. I Like I said, <laughs> color is very inspiring to me. So the more that you can infuse, the better into your life.
0: I think you are a very visual person, like because you have just right. such an eye for like beauty and organization. I wish you well. I mean, you're doing well, but I mean, the a, a show is your dream. May it manifest because I would definitely watch that show. People love organizational tips or anything that makes their life easier and better.
1: Yeah, I I really hope that that I I mean I'm going to do it. I just have to get there, um, and I also have my Nutritarian work too that I'm I'm doing now. I have a prep program that I'm revamping. And it's been a long time coming. And all the things I learned from my book process, I can now put towards that, that I, I did launch back in 2017. So now I can come with fresh eyes and really give my users the best experience with that. So that's taking priority. And then the next thing is getting the show going, and really trying to get diverse uh situations so like the retired couple versus you know couple with kids and really get an array of situations because your fridge is going to change based on what you're doing in your life and and what's happening for you at that time
0: uh dr Furman, is he aware of your book does he have a copy
1: well, I know I talk with his daughters on Instagram and we support each other on Instagram. So I know that they know of the book. Um, I haven't heard from him. The last time I saw him was in 2019 when I went to his retreat in July. So I haven't spoken to him directly, but I talked to his daughters
0: a lot. And so I know they know about Fridge Love. Okay, so We should send him a copy. He's going to be on the show on Monday. And Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, yeah. Talking. Yeah. About, I'm going to ask him a lot of stuff about Halloween and his, how poisonous is sugar and things like that. because. Uh, I said sugar was Yeah, it was, and somebody and Yeah, I, and yeah. Oh, sorry. No, I was saying I made an Instagram post saying, well, you know, I, I found the fruit bars with two ingredients, just apple and banana or whatever. And I said, here, you can get this at Costco instead of giving your kids poison. And this person said, you know, you're going to create mental health issues and issues around food. Oh, gosh! But so sugar's not a poison. What is it? Is it a health food? I mean, it can't be both health promoting and health compromising. So we're going to bring in the expert, Dr. Furman, and see what he has to say about that. I'm curious, has your husband seen Game Changers? No, what is game? It's that movie because I'm saying it's that. Well, because I know it just seems like it's harder to get men to eat healthfully or plant based. But it's that movie that was done by James Cameron. Gosh, many many years ago. I think it's the number one, like one of the number one documentaries of all time about the benefits to a man specifically to give up animal products.
1: You know what's funny about my husband is he has definitely gone towards the plant based eating style, and I think it was just organic over time from seeing me and then also me cooking that way and he'll he's very open-minded and I would say that he does eat meat he's Korean so they do eat a lot of meat and his mom will come and stay with us for you know weeks at a time and kind of cook and that's like her love language so I don't think he's ready to give that up yet but he definitely eats vegan and will when he goes out for like work Lunches and stuff, he always orders the vegan dish. And they're like, you know, your wife isn't here. You can actually eat what you want, but he actually well,
0: chooses that. That's funny. Do you ever make any Korean foods vegan or a nutritarian? Like, uh, is bibimbap bim a Korean dish? It is a Korean dish. And the
1: hard part with Korean food, I think, is the salt. You know, like they actually have so many amazing side dishes. They're called banchan and they're just When you sit down at a Korean restaurant, they just give you this whole array of different vegetable dishes. And it has a lot of veggies. It's just the salt that is is hard to replicate and the type of sauces they use. So I'm not at that point yet. I did do a fridge with my mother-in-law where it was kind of our dream child together because she loves making homemade kimchi and I love rainbows. So we did a rainbow kimchi fridge it's actually on my Instagram and you can see my mother-in-law there and we used all um plant dyes so nothing was artificially dyed she made the kimchi by hand and then we used like carrot juice for the orange kimchi the red kimchi was the, you know the normal recipe with the chili and then um, butterfly pea powder for the purple kimchi. And it was one of the times where my mother-in-law, who's a fabulous cook in her own right, we got to work together on something. Now, it wasn't nutritarian because it was her kimchi recipe, you know, and there's salt, a lot of salt in kimchi. Um, But I do make a kimchi-esque type of recipe where like a quick pickled red cabbage, um, I have in my on my blog, which is like my ode to kimchi, but um, I haven't gotten to that point yet where the sodium levels are appropriate enough to call it a true kimchi.
0: How did you decide to become nutritarian, and did you become vegan or plant based first? What, what's your story, in case people didn't see you the first time?
1: So I had always dabbled in veganism even before I found out about the nutritarian diet, and But the reason why I became vegetarian was my parents and my mom came to visit me when I was pregnant with my youngest child. And when she got off the airplane and I was like, what happened? (laughs) Like, It looked like she had reversed age a decade. And she was very slim. And she just looked very vibrant and healthy. And she's like, well, your dad watched a man called Dr. Furman on PBS. This was in 2011. Ah. And it was his big PBS special. And he my dad does most of the cooking in their household. So he got his legal pad, my dad always writes with legal pads. And he just wrote down from that special kind of the guidelines that Dr. Furman set forth for eat to live, you know, the standard vegetarian way of eating. So he wrote down the guidelines and then he just started making their meals like that. And then within like three months, they both had lost a lot of weight and my dad is Cuban. And the fact that he stopped cooking with olive oil was such a shock because it was like, you know, growing up, olive oil was just this sacred item. And for him to like, be able to put that down and really embrace this way of eating, it was shocking. And so I remember, my mom stayed with us for a few weeks while I was pregnant. And I was like, wow, you know, I got to find out about this. So when she left, I got the book. And this is the embarrassing part. I was reading the book while I was eating chips, I remember, and I was like, Oh, this is really, really what I have to do. You know, he lays out everything so well, all the evidence of why we should be eating better and health excellence and all that. But it was just ironic. I always remember that I was
0: eating chips when I was reading the oh, book. That's funny. What, <laughs> what kind of chips were you eating? Because I, I feel guilty. I eat chips, but I, I bake my own tortilla chips and that's, those are my that's chips, great. no salt, no yeah. oil. What kind oh, of- yeah, this
1: was not that these were
0: just, you know, like a
1: Costco tortilla oh, chip, a real chip bag. Oh, yeah. And so what was funny is I waited till my daughter was six months. I was breastfeeding and that was already enough on my plate um at that time. So she was six months. And then I started um the his six week program. Just I just used the book Eat to Live. And I just followed the guidelines. And it was very difficult because I just went cold turkey, you know, the day before I was eating everything. And then the next day, vegetarian. and I didn't have I was not organized like this. This was out of necessity, you know, of wanting to make this my lifestyle, especially when the rest of my family wasn't going to eat this way. So I remember just struggling hard for the first week, especially, you know, detoxing. And then you know, I just was like, wow, You know, I lost a lot of weight in the first few weeks, and then I started feeling better and better. Like the digestion was one of the parts. I think around like the third week, because you're eating a lot of beans. And I went from I always had beans, but not you know, you know, raw foods and beans. You have to have the right bacteria. Dr. Furman says to be able to process those properly. So you know, in the very beginning, I didn't know all of the stuff that I know now. I was just going in blindly. And it was very hard, but it was super rewarding. And at the end of the six weeks, you really got to build enough contrast when you're taking on a new lifestyle like this to feel the difference. And it was at the end at the six week mark where I was like, oh, yeah, I feel so much more vibrant and alive. And my focus on food, because I had always struggled since I was a young girl with, you know, overeating and binge eating, even as an adult. And to just feel like I was safe around food. And I felt like I understood what food was doing for me. And it just felt like a, I felt a lot more free. I know people think that's weird because they see it as so restrictive. But for me, it actually was freeing. Wow. And But again, you had to create that. I'm so proud of myself for doing it for six weeks and not quitting. So I could actually get to the point where I could feel the difference. Because a lot of people on my blog will start, and then they kind of stop, and they never get to the point where they can feel the contrast. And I really advise people to try your best to get to 100% all the way through the six weeks, your taste buds adjust. But then you also feel the difference, you get through the hard part, and you can feel the difference. And then you can decide if you want to keep going or not. And at the time, I had a mom's blog when I started the a vegetarian lifestyle. And then that's when I started kind of just sharing a journal of what was happening every week, complaining about it and all of that. And then it became very popular on the blog. And then it kind of just went that way over time where I just kind of started making vegetarian content. That's so cool. And are your parents still doing it? And where do they live? So they live in Northern Florida. And yes, they are still eating nutritarian. I think my dad is kind of where he's incorporated some fish back in. I know Dr. Furman gives some leeway there. And my dad has found that that's better for him. So I think he has like some eggs and fish. Um, But they have continued with it. And, you know, I'm actually going to see them for spring break. I'm taking the kids. It's hard living in California when they're in Florida. And when I'm there, I love cooking for them. So my mom's retired now. So I kind of just stay in the kitchen and and have them try a lot of things that they wouldn't do or make on their own. So it's always fun to do that.
0: So, you know, if your daughter was six months when you started this, how would she have known if if you just fed her that way? She might not have known any different. I totally we could have
1: my husband and I had a, a very heated debate conversation about it at the time. And for him, you know, being his Korean heritage, he really wanted them to have that experience of his mom's cooking. So it was never going to be that they were going to be 100%. And at the beginning, when I did this, I didn't know if I was going to stay a nutritarian, I literally was thinking of it as a diet wow. that my mom did, you know, I, I wasn't thinking of it in those terms, because I think it's because I did not have a health condition. So it, I had times after that, where I would go back and forth, it wasn't until I started meal prepping proper, like in 2016, 2017, that I was able to fully convert, because it's very hard when you're, you know, it's here, like you always say, the best thing is to just not have it in your house.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, When you have to have it in your house. And then, you know, the truth is, a lot of people live like this. And they do have to be with other people who don't eat the way they do. So you can do it, it should not be something that bars someone from doing this. And I always say, like, don't try to change your whole family. Like lead by example, I've had friends and like, you know my husband and kids have changed slowly how they eat over time from my influence and then friends who, you know have decided to do this on their own. So I know a lot of times when people are starting out they want everyone to do it with them but not everyone's at the same place at the same time
0: to take that on. Absolutely, so what does a day's worth of nutritarian eating look like for you? It's a
1: lot of vegetables, it's a giant salad. And so the aim is to get one pound of cooked and one pound raw vegetables daily. So for me in the book too, I'd show an in-fridge salad bar and that's kind of my favorite way to do it. If I know I'm gonna be out for the day, I'll I'll pre-make my salad and portion it out. I do have a kitchen scale now. When I first started out, I didn't. And I've been able now to get my one huge salad a day and that's at a pound. And it's nothing to eat that for me. You know, I crave it. (laughs) So um, right now I'm into arugula big time. So like my, I usually do like a bed of arugula. I find that I go through phases of what I like on my salad, but I always try to get like rainbow toppings. So like red onion, red cabbage, tomato, carrot, yellow bell pepper, you know, as much of the toppings as you can. And I kind of give a little rainbow, um, salad recipe in the book for people. If you're curious or wanting to start out with, you know, big salads and you just level up over time. And then it, it just becomes second nature to your digestive system too. And I was for a long time topping my salad with homemade oil-free hummus and then a little lemon juice. Then you got me on the balsamics oh, when I you sent them. me when I was your guest. Last time I got a few of the different flavors, so that has been. On. I also love hummus with balsamic as a salad dressing. So um, and then cooked soups, veggie soups or bean soups, and then just cooked veggies. I mean, it's not that difficult. And then I'll have like tofu, or I'll make um, a beet. I love beet bean burgers. It's a recipe in my prep program, so I've been on those lately. And, you know, I've done this for so long now that you come with an arsenal of your favorite recipes and you just it doesn't feel any more like you're missing out like it it did in the beginning.
0: You're you're amazing. Wow. I wish I wish you lived closer than two hours away.
1: (laughs) Hey, a lot closer than where you used to live.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Where, where, Where did you? Oh, Florida, for sure. Yeah, and you too, right? You're in Southern California. Well, I mean, I'm yeah, I was in Southern California. Do you have time to exercise? Oh yeah,
1: my big thing lately is walking for an hour, and I've noticed that that really helped me. Kind of, well, mentally, I really enjoy walking, and it clears my head, and it actually helps with my creativity and focus and all of that. And we do have a treadmill here in the house, but I also like we have two, we have two dogs. Now we got our puppy in June. She's a golden retriever named Maggie. So she's now able to go for like the full walks. So we've been taking her and her big sister, Athena on dog walks. And then the whole family, my son is in cross country and my daughter's in basketball. So everybody's very active. And we try to do walking together as a family too.
0: That's great. Well, I wish you every success in getting a show. Would you call it Fridge Love? You think? Name it after your. I mom? would love.
1: I would love to call it
0: Fridge Love. Yeah.
1: You yeah. know, especially if I'm bringing if I'm if I'm the one bringing it, then it will be called Fridge
0: Love. Nice. Well, if I can help in any way, I'll send you the information on the class, and you never know. there's all. I would love anything you can throw my way. I appreciate so much. Absolutely. And guys, if you haven't checked this book out, it's a wonderful book. It's not just recipes and it's not just how to organize your fridge. It's just, it's going to be a great resource for you. And I learned so much today. Those wrapping techniques. I would watch a show on that too. I I, I got to defer to the folding lady on that kind of show. <laughs> still, still, it's such a great idea. Just even even if somebody didn't do it quite as fancy as you, just the idea of wrapping something in a new dish towel, to, just because then you don't waste paper.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I actually think that there's a Japanese, this is a Japanese thing too, where they don't use wrapping paper. They use fabric. I don't remember the name, but I, I do I do know that there's a style that Japanese have of wrapping and fabric.
0: Clever, very clever. Well, thanks so much for catching up with us again. I know you were going to come on sooner, but I think it was because you had just gotten a puppy, you couldn't.
1: Yes, that's right. It, she kind of took over everything. I even was off Instagram for like two months, you know, just having um, a new puppy, it's slightly less time consuming than a newborn. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's funny. Well, thanks so much, Kristen.
1: Thank you so much, Shephi AJ. I love being on your show. I love what you do and I appreciate
0: what you do on your show. Well, don't wait so long before you come back. I won't. Okay. And thanks all of you for watching another episode of Chef AJ Live. Please come back tomorrow a little earlier at 9am Pacific time for the nutrition professor, Tim Marie Hagenberger. She's going to be making some autumn comfort foods like a pumpkin chai latte and a cranberry butternut squash oatmeal. I forgot to ask you, what do you do for Thanksgiving?
1: Oh, so, well, I have to cook two meals, the traditional Thanksgiving meal. And then I kind of have my own versions on my website I have a no oil mashed potato recipe that I love that actually my family loves too. And so that's always on the table. I have a vegan mushroom recipe, mushroom gravy recipe that i love. And then I'll usually, I've been working again on my um, prep plan. So I'm coming up with ideas for the fall menu. It's actually releasing right before Thanksgiving. And um, I want to have celebration Section So I've been recipe testing, you know, different kind of like lentil tofu loaf, and trying to figure out one that I like that works in the nutritarian lifestyle. So I'm still experimenting. But it's kind of a, you know, because we're dietarily blended, they've got their stuff, I usually am the one who cooks it. And then I have my stuff. So again, the first few Thanksgivings did not, you know, I just would eat the normal Thanksgiving. And that can be very triggering. So I've learned the recipes that I feel good about and oh, the pumpkin hummus recipe and fridge love is one of my favorites for Thanksgiving because I always like the pumpkin pie filling. And that's what the pumpkin hummus is. And it's oil free and sugar free. So um, sweetened with dates and everything and
0: tastes amazing. And I eat it with the granola too. I love that dietarily blended. So do you sell your meal plans or how does that work? Cause I know you gave me a link to just your website, but if you want to get more specific in the links, you know? Oh, well, yeah. On my website,
1: on the corner, you can press it's prep plan and you can find out all about it. it's nutritarian. It's based off the eat to live protocol and it's six weeks of prepping your food. So it's for people who are interested in batch cooking and want to do the nutritarian program. And um, as I said, I'm revamping it and adding celebration menus for all the holidays. So the first one I'm releasing as a tester batch um, is the fall menu. So trying to get more seasonal and help people during the holidays, because I know that that is a tricky area. Um, So yeah, it's called the Nutritarian
0: Prep Program. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much again, Kristen. I hope to see you. Thank
1: you, Chef AJ.
0: Yeah. Take care. Take care, everybody. Bye. We'll tomorrow. Bye-bye.